Dance Podcast. It's wonderful to have you all back again this week. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm deliberately posting this podcast a little bit later today because I figured you wouldn't want to listen to my intro topic session the moment you woke up. Just a warning, I will be discussing some criminal law in this next section and I do go into a discussion about first-degree murder and while it's not graphic, in case that would trigger or harm anyone's mental state, I wanted to give a warning prior. If you skip to four to five minutes ahead, you'll be fine. My thoughts to open today are a little interesting. Well, perhaps you'll find it interesting. Maybe it's not as interesting as I'm making it out to be. My teacher posed a question for us, which was, what is the point of punishment and why do we punish people? She said there were two main approaches to it which is a utilitarian approach, which is for the good of society, essentially, and a retributionist approach, which is that you should pay for what you did on a moral standpoint. But you guys didn't think you were getting a criminal law lesson in the middle of this podcast, did you? But really, it comes down to what you think the point of punishment is, and whether it's to deter others from doing it or to punish the individual for it. Most people take a mix of the two approaches, or fall solely into the utilitarian approach, that you punish people for deterrence purposes, both for the self and for the whole of society. And I find those two standpoints very interesting. I think punishment comes down to whether people have the capacity to be rehabilitated, which is an entire philosophical argument in and of itself on whether people are born with a higher likelihood to commit crimes which I think has widely fallen out of belief unless you're born with a psychopathy brain defect, or you're made that way through your environment. I'm a large proponent of the latter, but I'll save that conversation for another time, and if you'd like me to talk more about it, just email me and I'd be happy to. My criminal law professor, and I honestly may have mentioned this before, so for those of you who have heard my work, I may be repeating myself, but she actually told me not to be a criminal lawyer, for the reason that she thought I was a little too harsh. I have a lot of empathy for people, but I also don't think it's difficult not to commit crimes. I'm not talking about stealing bread when you're hungry, but I'm talking about not killing someone. There's a large part of me that's very callous and cold when it comes to murder, and I think that if you're going to kill someone, especially if it's a child, then society deserves to take years in the form of life imprisonment. And when I say kill someone, I mean murder, not manslaughter or negligent homicide, in which someone makes a mistake while driving and an accident occurs where someone dies. I'm discussing intentional killings. I think it's just so wrong that our society doesn't value life higher than what it is. The current parameters for first-degree murder in Pennsylvania, for example, is 25 years to life. 25 years. That's it. For taking someone else's. And mind you, first-degree murder, I believe the statute says, is an intentional killing, which means it has to be cold and planned. It's not a break in sanity. If you can prove heat of passion or extreme emotional defense, then you get your sentence knocked down. But if you're getting convicted with first-degree murder, that means you plan to kill someone and did so logically and with a clear head. There's no insanity there. It's crazy to me that someone who can have such an evil intent when they're 20 might get a 25-year sentence, and if they're on good behavior, even less. 
and still walk around with half their life ahead of them with the past of such an egregious occurrence. We're also talking about horrific murders here. Perhaps I'm far too cold of a person, but something about the permanency of murder and the callousness of first-degree murder makes me not want that person in society at all. And for those of you who say that there's an issue with the criminal law system and until we fix it, it should stay that way, you're absolutely correct that there are issues, which again, I could talk about for a while. Anyway, I'll stop my rant. I got a little off track, I suppose, but those are my thoughts for today, even though they're not very pleasant, and I apologize for that. Outside, the Grim Reaper was sitting on the cold stone path leading out to the garden. It was pouring rain and your clothes were soaked through as you stepped out past the glass doors to sit with him. It was winter, but the ground was not yet frozen, and the temperature high enough that the two of you were being pelted with freezing rain. You shivered and moved closer to the Grim Reaper's bony side. Why are you sitting out here alone? I was appreciating the home in which we all dwell. The earth, you asked, leaning back on your elbows. The Grim Reaper answered your question with a quick nod. All around your life, right down to computers and phones, are all borrowed resources from the earth. Humans have learned different crafts quite well, but even as items sell and pass hands into separate ownerships, the truth still remains that it is the earth's to claim. Abandoned barns fall to ruin, memories mossy fingers clawing at the sides, and there's nothing that can stop the earth from growing, fixing, and adapting. You sighed, and I am merely here for a blink of that time, a grain of sand on the beach miles long. I will not see the earth's reclaiming like you. Does that make you sad? You pondered the answer, at first a resounding yes, bounded into your head, but then you thought again on your previous conversations the pair of you had, partially yes and partially no. There's an innate human desire to know everything, to experience every feeling. But to be eternal would mean those desires become nothing. The value is in the lack of time. So while I wish I could catch a glimpse of the future and past before my time, I'm fine with appreciating the world as it is. Sometimes life feels terribly long, but really it's moving by quickly. One day the existence I know will cease to be. And you'll escort me elsewhere. So I'll settle for appreciating this life just a little, with all the possibilities sprawled out in front of me. And instead of focusing on the destruction of the barn, I'll focus on the creation of the garden. So the first question I received for today is, what is your greatest strength and weakness in a relationship? And this might be the only question I do today, because I feel as though I could probably talk about it for a while, but we'll see. Actually, funny enough, I think my greatest strength is also my greatest weakness when I'm dating. I'm a very loyal person, and that can often be a very slippery slope. While it's good in the way that my partner will always know that I will never cheat on them, it can be bad for my mental health. When I start dating someone... And I might be the only person in the world who is like this. A switch shuts off in my head where I just stop looking at other men. I just become so disinterested in everyone else beyond a friend relationship. I can look at someone else and think, hey, that person is attractive 
I notice their beauty, but I'm not attracted to them in any way. It's almost like this primal satisfaction. Oh my gosh, I can't say that word. Satisfaction, that's it. (laughs) That like, hey, I just hunted an animal, so I don't have to hunt anymore because I have this animal. Not comparing men to animals. Perhaps that was a poor example, but that's essentially the feeling. So my relationship partner can always feel secure that I'm not going to cheat. However, the dangerous part of that comes for me. To be honest, I have a lot of relationship trauma. I have had very, very, very bad toxic relationships in the past, and not a single one yet has been healthy, despite me attempting to ensure that they're healthy. I'll set certain boundaries and levels of respect, like I'm not going to check your phone and you're not going to check mine, because to me that's the most basic, basic level of trust, and I've paid for that trust before. Unfortunately, in every relationship I've been in, I've been cheated on, so I've had that trust abused, and it's one of the reasons I'm very hesitant to date now, because if I'm going to date someone, I want to extend that same level of trust that I've had with my previous boyfriends, but unfortunately, I'm not sure I can right now. And I don't want someone else to suffer because I still haven't worked through my past trauma. The flip side to that is that I'm not sure I can work through it without being put in that position. So it's going to be a balancing test once I find someone to sit down and talk them through it and what happened and explain why certain actions may be difficult for me to refrain from taking and how things like allowing them to hang out with their female best friends may be difficult for me at first. Since the majority of my friends are men, I expect the same respect in return, and I want to extend that trust as well. I'll never tell someone who they can and cannot be friends with, but as I've said, I've had that trust abused, so that's something I continue to struggle with today, even when considering something serious. And while that was a little off track, back to the main point, my greatest weakness is also my loyalty. There's a lot of toxicity that I've dealt with and accepted in the past because of how loyal I was to my feelings for that person. I forgave a lot of their actions for their benefit to my detriment, no matter how unhappy it made me, because I'd tell myself that they were extending this olive branch of emotions and that this one isolated incident wasn't justification for throwing the entire branch away. The only issue is that those thoughts started to pile, and it wasn't isolated incidences anymore. Over the past four years, I've had a boyfriend over every holiday, and yet I've never spent a Valentine's Day, Christmas, Easter, or Fourth of July with a boyfriend. And when I was in those relationships, I was fine to accept that and shrug it off telling myself that I love them, so my own disappointment wasn't enough for me to create an issue within the relationship. I forgave a lot more than I should have. The only staunch point I ever stood on was cheating, so when the time came that those previous boyfriends did cheat on me, I left them behind. That's a very low bar for them to steep to. There are many times that they cross the line in things that they said, and verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and constant gaslighting that I dealt with on a daily basis, that I just ignored and took in stride, accepting the toxicity because of my loyalty for that other person. 
even when I was more lonely in those relationships than I was out of them, I turned down many opportunities to leave them for someone else because I had a boyfriend and I was taken. But those two things had nothing to do with how happy I was or whether the relationship was happy. My loyalty came at my detriment. And I don't mean that in a I should have gone out and cheated kind of way, but a I should have left long before I was ever cheated on in the first place. And I did prolong my own pain. I would certainly say that that is a detriment for me. And the only other one I can think of is that I can be very cold at times. I'm not very good with my own emotions. And for many men, that's extremely odd to be dating a woman who isn't very emotional, or even less emotional than them. I tend to take a very logical and analytic approach, which I understand may be odd to some people listening to this because I write about very emotional things, but my writing is my outlet. This is where I express all my emotions because in my everyday life, I find it very difficult to. So when my boyfriends may be venting to me about expressing their distaste for something, I will of course always listen and ask questions, but if the point is to get an emotional rise out of me, it's very difficult too. It's very, very, very rare that I get angry in any way. I'm not an angry person to begin with. And if I'm upset, I'm confrontational in the way that I'll sit down with someone and discuss it with them immediately and tell them what their behavior or what they said bothered me. Because I don't see an advantage to just sitting with it. But for more emotional men, who I tend to gravitate towards because they're the opposite of me, that lack of anger or arguing can often be construed as a lack of caring. Which isn't the case, but I understand how it can be viewed that way. You want someone to fight for you, and cry for you, and care about you, and in many instances, when you're trying to get some sort of emotional reaction out of that person that you're with, and they just stare at you, or give you some logical answer, it can feel like they don't care at all when that's not the case. I just like mitigating fights when I can. So I would definitely say that my toxic loyalty and my coldness are my weaknesses in a relationship. But my strong point is my loyalty. I would never cheat. And I'll be the first person. I, I tell people this sometimes. I will be the first person to back you up in a fight. But I absolutely will be the first one to fight you. <laughs> I, I will back you up in public. But the minute we are out of public, I will tell you everything I thought you did wrong. Um, because the whole point of being in a relationship is to improve and to be the best person. And you want the person that you're with to be the best person that they can be. And I'm sure I've said this before. But if the whole point of a relationship is to grow as people, then you want what's best for them in an entirely non-selfish way. And sometimes that means telling them things that they don't want to hear as long as it's not toxic. And I'm not saying decide what's best for that person. I'm saying make sure that you present what you're thinking in a way that is constructive and not destructive. Just to help them see where you're coming from and what you think and what they could improve on in order to 
be a basic human being, you know? Don't be selfish. Don't be mean. And of course humans fall into those categories every once in a while. We all have wild emotions and and no one's perfect. So that's very normal. And part of it is making sure to invalidate their feelings. But the other part is to telling them like, hey, your behavior wasn't okay. And I think that goes for friendships too, which is why I have never counted any friendship in which someone was just a yes man as a real friendship. Because if they're just going to say yes, and they're just going to agree, and they're never going to correct me or help me be a better person, then they're not bringing anything into my life. They're just taking up space. And so when I see people who will just like sit there and let their friend do something dumb or do something bad or do something hurtful, I just think that they're not an actual friend or they don't really care about that person. Because if they did, they would care to correct them. And if that person cared back, then they would also care to listen and improve and continue to get better. And again, alas, call me the queen of rants, but I have gone off the tracks again. (laughs) So that would be my answer. My toxic loyalty and coldness are my weakness, and I think my loyalty is also my strength as well. That's all for today's episode, everyone. Please let me know whether you've been liking the shorter podcasts or the longer podcasts, or you're just done with my rambling and want me to stay on track. Please let me know if you have any questions or you'd like me to talk about any topics. I would be happy to. Um, You can catch me on my social media platforms, which I say wrong every single time I say them. (laughs) I'm on TikTok as unheard words, and I'm on Instagram as unheard words poetry. My Gmail is unheardwordspoetry at gmail.com. And I'm sorry, I keep saying them wrong. I'm sure people are like following these random accounts that are like, who is this? And they wouldn't even know if it's me or not. But hopefully I got them right this time. I'm going to have to start writing them down. I really don't plug my social medias unless it's like through the end of this podcast. So (laughs) yeah, um, catch me on those if you'd like to listen to more or see more. Um, I've been working on a collection of work that will be a more short collection of poems that will probably come out first. And then another collection of poems that will be a collection of my TikTok poems that will come out. I'm not sure when. Maybe, hopefully this year, maybe next year, um, depending on how the first poetry collection goes. But we'll see. Um, and hopefully I'll get a date for you guys somewhat soon. So if you're interested in that, um, just stay posted. I'm sure I'll post it with my TikTok. Uh, and I'll post it on Instagram. And of course... I'll say it in a podcast, but I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to me ramble about random things. And again, please send me all your questions and comments. Have a good week, you guys. Bye-bye.